Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Rachel D'Alto. I am so happy to be here. So excited to be here. I get such energy uh, when I just see the stage pop in and being here with my friends and family. This is such a beautiful community. So much appreciated. And uh, that kind of ties into what I talk about, which is relationships. And you heard it before uh, with Danelle talking about relationships and relationship building. And it's oftentimes a topic on here because it's so powerful relationships are so powerful in every sense of the word and they are essential in order to build your business build your life uh, make sure that you are optimized in terms of your happiness in terms of your potential but i also want to talk about the fact that not everybody has that support system one in four people have zero friends and it's something that I talk about often because I experienced it. And I want to take you back to when I was a young child and the impact that it had on me. And so there I was, I was about eight, nine years old, and I was not the kid that always had people around. I was the kid who was sitting on the playground watching everybody else play while I was in the corner. I was the one who, instead of having people to connect with, I was hanging out in the library anytime there was free time because it felt safer to me. By the fifth grade, I was eating lunch with my teacher. And I had no friends, not a single person to connect with, not a single soul to rely on, not a soul to talk about the joys of my, my life, the sadnesses that happened that only a nine or 10 year old had. And I remember so clearly in the sixth grade, which is ironic because my daughter is now in the sixth grade, so I am able to go back and transport myself so quickly to that stage in my life. And there I was with no friends and a transfer student arrives. And I could not have been more excited to have this transfer student come into my school because it was a potential friend. All of a sudden, I had the potential to make a connection. And I didn't care how weird she was. And she did not know how ostracized I was at that point. 
And so I basically went full on caveman with this person and said, this is now my friend. You have no choice in the matter. I'm going to make you love me. And she did for a moment and she invited me over for a sleepover. And I don't know if anyone has been a 12 year old girl in this room, Brad, I, I'm pretty sure you have not. Uh, <laughs> but as a 12 year old girl who had not had a sleepover in so many years, it was the most exciting thing in the world to be invited over to her home. And so I show up on her doorstep and I have my caboodle in tow filled with blue eyeshadows, ready for this most amazing experience of being able to connect with someone. And she answers the door and my stomach drops into my feet because she's holding an enormous hairy cat. And I am not just allergic to cats. I am deathly allergic. I'm not talking runny nose allergic. I'm not talking watery eyes allergic. I am dying allergic to cats, like can't breathe allergic. But I push that down. I push it down because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there is nothing that is going to get in the way of this budding friendship. And I'm going to defeat biology in order to make this connection. And so I went inside and then she tells me, listen, it's really important for Blueberry to bond with my friends. And I thought, okay, all right, next up, I can do this. And I'm sitting on the bed and I have Warren's cherry pie playing in the background. So I'm just dating myself right there. And we're putting out the blue eyeshadows and the cat decides to jump in my lap because that's what every animal does when they know that someone's allergic to them or can't pet them or doesn't want to pet them. They get as close to you as possible. And so the cat jumps in my lap and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm still alive. This is a win. This is an absolute win. Until all of a sudden, I can see it happening in slow motion. I'm sitting there on the bed. Blueberry stares at me. And all of a sudden, he is coming at me, mouth that's stretched, tongue hanging out, and begins to lick up one side of the face and down the other. And I knew at that point that I was going to lose. There's only so much biology that you can fight. And within moments, my face starts to tingle and stretch and I can feel the hives coming and five minutes later I look like Swamp Thing's child. My parents are called and that friendship ends. And the reason why I share this story and I share that story in my book too because people need to understand how important friendship and connection is. I was willing to risk my life, my health in that situation to make a connection with someone. I was willing to put myself into a position where I was not going to be healthy and happy because I needed that connection. We as human beings are wired for that. We are wired. Our brains are ginormous compared to our bodies. And so a lot of anthropologists have studied this and found that that is because we are wired to be connected to each other. And you know this, you can feel this. We've all had moments of loneliness. We've all had moments where we feel that disconnect. And the reason why I wanted to share that is not only because I believe in the power of connection as a whole, but we also have to understand in order to make tactical, practical elements of building relationships work, we have to understand where people are at and where they're coming from. Because as I started this, one in four people have zero friends. So if you have a friend, then it's someone that you have 
met along the way. It's someone that you've had an encounter with. It could be someone that you work with. It could be someone that you work for. And we need to start thinking about how am I showing up in the world when this is the condition of where we are? When this is the condition of the people that I'm connecting with? Because if it's not me, and in many cases it, it is us, in many cases, I get messages all the time on Instagram or on, on here on Clubhouse where people share with me, I am that one in four. And so they're utilizing places like social media to try to fill that void because we can fill a certain percentage of that gap with that, that interaction on something like a Clubhouse or on a, a social media app. But then we need to take it to that next level because nothing replaces the power of a true relationship, especially an in-person relationship. So my, my tactical advice today, because it is Tactical Tuesday and I like to stay in line with the rules <laughs> and the themes, is to think about how can I connect with people from a mindset of understanding where people are coming from? How can I start to look at people? Because like Danelle was talking about, who, who are those people that you wanna connect with? And I would actually say as, as a practical element here, who are three people that you wanna connect with in the next week? Who are three people that you can focus on, just three, that you wanna focus your energy on? But it's not just about showing up and saying, this is who I am, and this is what I want, and this is the position I wanna take, who are the people that you can actually also observe and see where are they coming from? Are they coming from a standpoint of perhaps loneliness, of perhaps a different perspective than us? Because there is that power in relationships and we have that desire to connect, but not everyone is doing it. And not everyone is coming from the same place either. And that's actually something else that I wanted to focus on today, which is really understanding especially what has happened in the last two years with COVID, how different people are showing up in this world. That one in four statistic was from 2015, and it was one in 10, 15 years prior to that. You throw in COVID, you throw in more isolation, and all of a sudden things are even more difficult. All of a sudden people are even more isolated. And there was, a, there was a story that I read recently that just blew my mind. It was so interesting. So there was this doctor, her name was Beth Healy, and she was a British medical doctor. And she was working for the European Space Agency. And she decided to spend a year in, our, in our Antarctica, say that four times fast, after one cup of coffee. She full on decided, she's like, I'm gonna go to Antarctica and I'm gonna study isolation. So she goes, with a very small crew to Concordia, which is a base station that's nicknamed White Mars. And if you've seen pictures of White Mars, it is just white blankness. It is snow, it is freezing. There is a hundred days out of the year with absolutely no sunset, sunlight. And it's interesting because even on this small station, there was always a minimum of 12 people and at the maximum, there was 80 people, which feels like a significant amount of people, right? That doesn't feel like you're by yourself. And they're all in their 20s or 30s. But what was fascinating was when they left that station. So they studied not only the impact of while they were there in Antarctica, now I got it, 
but they also studied the return into society. And this is a woman who's in her 20s. She's worked in the hospitals. She's been very social in the past. And she started to recognize how uneasy she was in every interaction. All of a sudden, she started to get really nervous and overwhelmed in any place that had a lot of people. She forgot certain things that, that she would naturally do in her pre-Antarctica life. And then she started to, to really focus on what are the other people experiencing as well. And we saw over and over again in this that the ones who were expected to re-enter life as if nothing had changed within them had the hardest time. And some of these people who were a part of this study decided to go immediately back to Antarctica because it was easier. It was almost like when you read about people who re-enter prison because it was easier to have that consistency of, I know that. I know that experience. I know that situation. So it's easier for me to do that than to try to acclimate to the world in a different way. And the reason I share that story is because we may not have gone to Antarctica, which is cool because I, I don't like the cold. I always say, listen, I am a beach girl. Keep me with the heat. But we may not have gone to Antarctica, but we did go through an experience. And we are still in an experience. But the way that we are re-entering the world is different for everyone. For some people, nothing has changed. For some people, nothing changed the entire time. There were no you know, restrictions or there was no challenges and the isolation was not a big deal. Maybe you had a surrounding of people. And for other people, they felt that isolation. And I see this over and over again, especially because social anxiety was a challenge pre-COVID. And it's even more of a challenge now because of this isolation that so many have experienced. And I share this because I want us to start to look at the relationships that we build and look at the people that we reach out to and listen to them, pay attention to them and acclimate to them in a way that allows them to feel like they can connect with you in, in a more meaningful way. And this, this doesn't matter if it's a, a friendship, if it's a romantic relationship, if it's a professional relationship, especially in those professional relationships. I see this so often. And this is why when I speak to corporations, and I'm talking about this actually next week at an association conference where I, I wanted to, to just express so often is that we oftentimes don't think of our professional connections as human, Right? We think of this as potential. We think of professional connections, professional relationships as income, as what can we do for each other on a monetary basis. And oftentimes, if we're the one reaching out, it's what can you do for me? But have you ever been able to completely compartmentalize your humanity from your business? Has that ever been a possibility for anyone anywhere? You're dealing with humans. You're dealing with humans that may be lonely. Pre-pandemic, you're dealing with humans that may have had an experience in the last two years that is traumatic. There may have been losses. There may be stresses. There may be massive amounts of anxiety. And so if we are truly going to connect with people and build relationships in a way that matters, 
then we have to start to put ourselves in the shoes of others and be more empathetic towards them and understand that we are coming from all different perspectives. Some of us may have gone to Antarctica and some people may be chilling out on a beach this entire last couple of years. And that's okay, everybody can have those different experiences, but if we want to be able to connect with others, we need to do it from a perspective of empathy. And I'm gonna give some tough love on this one too. I was talking about this the other day and it's, it's in my book where someone always asks me, they're like, well, why is it always on me? Why am I the one that has to show up as more emotionally intelligent? Why am I the one who has to adapt? Why am I the one that has to pivot? And if you value the relationship and you're looking to connect with someone, even in those professional settings, you're looking to build that relationship and you are more emotionally intelligent, the impetus is on you. Because you're the one who knows better. And when we know better, we do better, right? You're the one who is capable. And it doesn't mean that you have to hold that role forever, but you have to show up in a way that allows that relationship to be nurtured and allows it to grow. And many of the people who are listening to this right now are absolutely those ones because you are here, because you are listening and growing and learning. You are going to be the more emotionally intelligent, which means you're gonna show up differently. And you're going to be capable of allowing that pivot, that, that adaptation to them in a way that allows that relationship to grow in a way more significant way. So that's the goal of right now. That's the goal. If you're listening to this and you are thinking, I want to grow my business. I want to grow my friendships. I want to, I want to find a relationship. Whatever that, and it could be, listen, <laughs> those are not mutually exclusive goals. Trust me, I've worked with people for the last 10 years in relation to building. And it typically, we have a whole spectrum of where we want to grow those relationships. So it could be for all of those different situations. But what, what are three areas or three people that you can really work to build that connection with? But from a standpoint of... How do I focus on them? How do I focus on putting myself in their shoes? What have they experienced? What have they gone through? How can I read the room? Because we all know that we have been in situations where you walk in and you want to say something. You have something to say. You have an agenda. And you know that it's not going to go over. I call this the, the foot on chest <laughs> symptom. I have this, this thing where I know that there is a lot that I can just let go. I know that there's a lot of times that there are conversations I could have, but I don't really need to have them. I don't need to engage every single time in these conversations. But if there is a feeling of like I have a foot on my chest, that is a conversation that needs to happen. And so even with that foot on the chest moment, I still know that there is a time and a place for that conversation. I had this happen with my fiance the other day because I had something to share. We're looking for a house. We're moving next week to a temporary location before we, we close on our forever home. And so I wanted to talk to him about it. I had so many things to say and it was like, oh my gosh, I just need to get this off. It was absolutely a foot on my chest moment. But the problem was he was in the midst of massive work stress. Massive stress. I could feel it. I could see it. And I said, okay, I'm going to step away. Even though it's hard for me 
And I'm sure there's so many people here that have had those situations where like, I have something to say and I am dying to say it, but I can't right now because it's not going to work. And maybe you don't know the person that you're looking to have these conversations with or connect with enough to be able to read their energy. But if we pay attention enough to the hints, because humanity is, is not easy to read, but it is possible to read after we start to pay attention. And if we pay attention to how are they engaging? What are their words like? How, are, how is their energy showing up? We can start to understand where there is an opening to have those conversations and where we can continue to have those conversations. Are they giving us, in, the, in a professional setting, are they giving us openings to have a continued relationship? Are they giving us the hints that tell us that this is a time that's good to engage? In friendships and romantic relationships, it's the same type of situation. Are they giving you the access and the feeling that this is something that you can discuss at that time? And yes, that is on you because you are the more emotionally intelligent one. We all are built to connect. We are all built to have these relationships. And so I want to open up in this, this last seven minutes here and just talk about how people have learned to pivot, how we have learned to adapt. And also, you know, is there an experience? And that's actually something that I would love to ask this as an initial question. Has there been an experience where you felt like someone just wasn't, they weren't reading the room with you? And it could be in a business situation or otherwise, and you felt like this was a negative impact in that situation for your relationship. So if anyone just wants to flash their mics and jump in, uh, I would love to get some sharing going on here because I believe that the power of Clubhouse is the power of community. Anyone want to share something that they've gone through? If not, I can open up the hand raising. I see Dr. Rowe. Okay. I can't, you know what's so funny? My, my internet is on. So Dr. Rowe. Pop yeah. in and share. I would love to hear from you. It's so good to, to see you. Sure. And Dr. Connor is also flashing, just so you know. My interweb's um, not working. <laughs> yeah, it's the app. I That was happening to us today. I got a lot of back-channel messages that I didn't see. So um, thank you for this subject. And um, there's, I think in our lives, just in general, there will be relationships that just simply don't work out. But when it's like super toxic and sometimes you're that person that wants to love everyone because Jesus tells you to, there's a boundary aspect that comes in place. And I had to learn that the hard way that everybody does not deserve a seat at your table. Like they can be there on the other side, way in somebody else's table, but not directly in front of me because uh, that can pull you down as well. And then other times there are people who, you get to know them and you think, oh, yeah, and you're quick to call them a friend. Well, um, there's a such thing as frenemies as well, um, and, and I've experienced that directly. Um, people who smile in your face, and we call it Minnesota nice, smile in your face, and when you turn your back, there's, there's a you know, um, metaphoric knife in your back. So it's important to just take that time develop those relationships with those people who are your ride or die. And when I say that, 
maybe it's, you know, childhood friends or people who have proven themselves over a decade or two decades or three decades. And that doesn't mean you can't make new friends. I do make friends. I just don't, I'm safe about what I share and take the time to get to know them before I actually say, yes, you are my close friend. That's, that's a dangerous aspect to have. However, be kind, be graceful, be loving to every person you meet. Just know that uh, boundaries should be in place as well. And that's just in my personal experience. So I'm thankful that you shared that. I lead on faith, not fear, but I also have caution. With that, this is Dr. Rowe, and I hand the mic back to you. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. It's such a powerful point. And boundaries uh, are something that I'm definitely going to talk about in one of my next sessions, because it's a question I get all the time. And and how I define them in my book is, you know, you have your gotta go and you have your gotta change situations. Gotta go means that person doesn't belong in your life. That relationship is not meant to be there. And those are people that you are able to extricate from your, your situation. However, there are people that you can't avoid whether and sometimes it's children i get this from adult parents they're like sometimes my my relationship with my child can be toxic or the relationship with a parent can be toxic and then it's got to change and we have to set boundaries that protect ourselves and make sure that we are showing up knowing that we can only control ourselves we can't control the other person but we can control what we allow in and we control how we react so thank you for bringing up uh those those really amazing points dr o always always insightful and i believe dr Connor, are you down yeah, there? Yeah. I was able to scroll. <laughs> yeah, it's a big stage for sure. Yeah, thanks so much. Absolutely. Look, I mean, there's a couple of things you said that are, that just tweaked your memory there, and also something you know that I needed to do. It's on my to-do list. I wasn't exactly front of mind. One of the things was that you mentioned empathy and all that's been going on the last eighteen months, and no matter where you are in the world, this has been proven. And one of these things, and one of the ways I know that has been proven is that. I started up uh, an online Facebook group 18 months ago with regard to the pandemic for support, just simply for support for people. And we got, it was just supposed to be an Irish group as such, but people came from over 100 different countries, even though it wasn't even advertised. So it just shows the intercommunication and support that was needed by people all around the world. And so I promised people that we would have a get together at a certain date uh, very soon after. So that has put forward in my to-do list, but what's struck me there, and what's so, so important, and what you're saying is that if you want to start up a business right now, you might have a crypto that can only be carried on chain. But like you say, even the richest person, and I've seen this, I've seen this, I've seen this, I've seen this even the most... Is anyone else having a really hard time hearing? Yeah, that's just me. Okay, I was like, I was convinced yes. it was, I, I thought it was my thing. internet, I didn't want to say anything. Dr. Connor, I can't hear you. <laughs> I'll, I'll go out. Oh, I'll go you're out. perfect now. You're perfect. Oh, okay, cool. So I'll just finish with this. Just from, I don't know what you, you got or you didn't get there, but just from the group and for all my experience with this, even the richest person here, uh, you know, in this world, in this last 18 months, has been alone, has been self-analyzing, has been probably looking at regrets in their life. And so people, you really need to dig deep with that empathy, with that support, for sure. And that's a great time for you to start and to chime in with somebody and to get on with somebody and to be able to say, hey, let's start something or this is your interest in such and such. And you, you never know, because I really do believe right now is a time where people are, everyone's socially anxious until they actually go out there and relearn these skills. And it's up to you like a child in school to go up and say, hey, how's it going? 
how are you? Because everybody knows where everybody's been. Nobody can fake it anymore when they go back, go back out in society. So now is a time where you can reach that person, just be open, be empathetic towards them. So yeah, great to be here. Wonderful for being basically ready. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Connor. Yes. And and that's such a, an important point is just how how socially anxious everyone is and, and how we are relearning things. Uh, one of the most interesting things about that story about Dr. Beth Healy was she forgot her PIN numbers when she came back. So if we forget those things that are typically such a part of our life, of course, our social skills are going to be the same if we haven't had those same interactions. Uh, and also being prepared for, I remember the first conference that I went to, it felt exhausting. I, I hadn't been around that many people and engaging in that intentional way in so long that it was just such a different experience. So uh, tactical takeaways, set those three goals, those three people you want to connect with, but do it from a place of empathy and understanding and be curious about what they've experienced. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.